Recording in progress. Recording in progress. But you know what's not recording? Our microphones. The our microphones. Yeah, let's do that. So, let's 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 sync us up, okay? All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Click. I did click oh. it. You did click it. Were you behind? Were you slightly late? Delayed? Uh, I think I think I'm slightly delayed on your end. Uh, oh, I clicked okay. it when you said click. Yeah, well, then like it... three seconds behind on your end. There's a little bit of a delay here. We're, we'll deal with it. We'll cope. We are we are professionals here. Totally. Yes. Wow, there's a delay. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> oh, boy. Doesn't matter. You know who else is was delayed? Is somebody downloading something on your internet? Let me see. Let me check. Is there anything I can I can slow down here? Why don't you guys stop? And why don't you guys stop? I got all kinds of bars are red on Zoom. I've got all kinds of processes running. What bars are red? I don't know what that means. You have little internet like connectivity bars by your name, uh, and they keep I going do? between yellow and red. Yeah. Y you don't have that. That's because my internet's fine. That. Well, why can't I see it on mine? <laughs> It's just, how are they looking now? How are my bars now? Uh, they're they're looking okay right now. Okay, you're yeah. Uh, I but think, there's definitely I think... still a delay. Well, dang it. Okay, well, whatever. We're gonna talk about whatever. The ultimate delay: a ghost that might not. There's a story that might not have any ghosts in it at all. Which is strange because this is the section of the book all about ghosts and being real well no it's because it's all it's all about the weird it's all about really not understanding what's going on fabulous this story... hey everybody i'm phil <laughs> and i'm willow and it's del toro it's time. del toro time it's del holy toro time. crap i finished saying del toro time before <laughs> you even started saying del toro time oh boy Oh boy. Oh boy. I am not I am not plugged into anything anymore. Nothing is downloading. Nothing is downloading. Is there something happening uh, on my end? I don't know. Discord's open, but that's it. Yeah, gotta, you know. My internet's great. Yeah, everything's fine. Whatever. This is not interesting to talk about. What is interesting to talk about is David G. Hartwell's The Dark Descent. A uh, book of a book of ghosts. Fabulous, formless darkness. Spooky, spooky nonsense. Spooks. Spooky. We're covering. Dookie. We're covering. There's so much crap on my desk. We're covering. <laughs> keep it up. Uh, keep it up. Keep it up. That's Nightside. We are covering. Jesus Christ! Why yeah. is Nightside so long? Uh, Walter de la Mer's Seton's Aunt. Seton's Aunt, or Aunt, as we sometimes say. I only ever say aunt. Seton's aunt. Uh a a, a plucky little story uh that uh that is is cited by by many. I think I compared it to the changeling. Yeah. Because it is cited by uh many famous people as being one of the most terrifying works of short fiction ever committed to paper. Uh so scary that they can't they read it every year and they can never sleep at night. Uh and then I read it and I was like I mean, I've read it before, I read it years ago, like ten years ago, uh when it was covered on another podcast. Uh pick it up, read it, and I'm like I mean, it's a good story, but I don't understand why anybody thinks it's so scary they can't sleep at night. Like, it's... I don't... Are it, we broken? Are we... 
too, like, have we absorbed too much? I don't get it. I don't think so. I don't think that I'm, like, inured to all the tropes so much. This story is just strange, and it's more about a mood. And I guess if you're susceptible to mood, then, uh, then, sure. But what does Mr. David G. Hartwell have to say about Walter De La Mare? I think I'm pretty susceptible to mood. I don't... This story only confused me. Okay, well, what does is, what is David G. Hartwell have to say? Uh, well, he says that this is this man who wrote this story is the dread, the master of dreadful uncertainty. Uh, his finest tales most often suggest the supernatural without confirming it. Um, All right. And I mean, he's Seton's aunt is an example of the 20th century development of the fantastic as the third major mode of horror. Uh, <laughs> his his purpose was to awaken his readers to the life of imagination. Horror was often his primary tool. All right. So Walter de la Mare was born in 1873. He died in 1956 at the age of 83. He's a British writer and he was known for three things mainly. Uh, children's lit, supernatural fiction, and poetry. And he was, like, celebrated for all three uh, throughout his life and beyond. But it makes for, like, some interesting reading because you'll find biographies of him written on, like, poetry websites, on children's lit websites, and then on horror websites. Uh, uh, but he ended up influencing um, a, a lot of writers, Robert Aikman, Ramsey Campbell, Richard Adams, all consider him of great influence. But some of his poetry was set to music by Benjamin Britten. Uh, people refer, refer to him, refer back to his works uh, a lot. And, uh, and I can't find, I couldn't find much online about really what kind of a person he was. He, uh, he just seemed to be a pretty solid writer, uh, uh, who died of a coronary thrombosis in 1956 and he's buried in St. Paul's Cathedral and he left behind a pretty comprehensive body of work tons of books novels collections he edited a bunch of uh of collections of 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 supernatural fiction and poetry and children's poetry so just an sort of an all-around jack-of-all-trades writer and Seton's aunt is one of those stories that uh just gets anthologized a lot and people seem to be terrified of our main character's name is Withers, mm -hmm. which is, I think, the name of the spooky skeleton in Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> <laughs> what's funny about this story, so Seton's Aunt, what's funny about Seton's Aunt, uh, first published in 1922, uh, is, is first published in, yeah, the London Mercury in 1922, and then it was, like, published in the best British short stories, like, that same year, and then in the Riddle and mm -hmm. Other Stories, a collection of Walter de la Mare stories, um... And I mean, it's just, it's been reprinted and reprinted and reprinted. So what's funny about Seton's aunt is that you could say the entire plot could be summed up by saying it's just three very uncomfortable conversations. It's, it's just, that's it. like really what happens is it's three very uncomfortable visits to a guy's house is basically what happens. Yeah. Uh, not if you, if you take it all at face value, just sort of like what happens, our narrator goes to this guy's house three times and then he feels bad about it. And, uh, and then that's it. Like it, it, there may not be anything supernatural in this at all. Uh, Seton's aunt herself, the aunt, is just a sort of a jerk, uh, and she plays the piano really well. Seton, the young guy, is a picked-on kid. 
and then he's a put-upon adult, and then he dies. And our narrator is like, I was never really friends with this guy. The end. <laughs> That's kind of the plot of Seton's Ant. Is that, is that accurate? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is such a weird story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? There was a point... Where did I want to... There was a thing I wanted to point out. Oh, the so the first time so I'm just gonna just gonna run basic run of what goes what goes on. Yeah. Okay. So basically, the story starts with Withers and Seton. They're boys in school. Um, for some reason, Withers promised Seton that he'd go to his aunt's house for part of like a break, like a school break. Yeah. Uh, Seton was like, great, and Withers was like, why did I do this again? <laughs> right. Um, because no one likes Seton apparently. Yeah, he's just, uh, the, he's the picked on kid. Yeah. But they go and they have like some awkward, like small talk in the garden. They look at tadpoles, which is kind of sick. Um, and then he meets the aunt who is rich, question mark. Uh, she certainly seems rich. Um, she calls him Mr. Smithers, which is not his name. Uh, yeah, she screws up and, his name a lot. Yeah, probably because she has zero respect for anybody. Um, she insults Seton or Arthur, as she calls him a lot, um, and kind of like it's like what's that term? I don't uh, know negging. what is that term. <laughs> a kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. Except for the, the, with like, yeah, yeah. She like the yeah. It's bizarre. Um, because she she talks about how like she talks to Withers about how like oh you seem great blah 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 oh you should tell me what my nephew's getting up to because he's not very well liked and blah 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 blah. She's like putting this one kid down and lifting this other kid up kid up basically. Uh, they have a great dinner. Um, and then she's like, I'll show you to your room. Here's your room. Uh -huh. My brother died in it. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's also a much nicer room than the one that Seton is in. Yeah, it's a real Harry Potter situation in here. Yeah, it's also weird. Uh, the aunt, when she talks to Withers, our main character, she's not, I wouldn't say she's f flirty, but mm -hmm. she's kind of flirty. It's just a little bit. She's, it's weird. She's not, It's. Very, I can't quite. I don't think she's necessarily all together. <laughs> okay, so. Even the, the, at that moment. <laughs> The big the big thing about this story is that there's hints and suggestions throughout that there might be ghosts in this house that Seton's aunt is privy to. Now, this isn't it's simultaneously made not a big deal of and also is kind of the crux of the entire story. They just don't talk about it a lot. Uh, Seaton sort of drops that on our narrator and then our narrator kind of makes fun of him a little bit and then they like spy on the ant one night. They they stay up and they sneak around to spy on her uh, but nothing really comes of it. But then you get the impression that she might have, she might be aware of what is happening to Seaton at all times because she's privy to like some sort of extra sensory observation or she's in contact with some sort of spirits. Again, do it's we, not explicit. Do we ever get any proof that she's actually aware of what Seaton is doing at all times? He thinks she is and she seems really, to be. It really kind of seems like early dementia it's hard to reading. say yeah because uh, it doesn't really seem like she's necessarily all there ever like sometimes she has moments of like clarity but they always talk about how like oh and suddenly she goes distant 
Yeah, just kind of but goes away. that's also described as like maybe she's communing with spirits at that time. Again, we don't get any proof of this. Uh, she's just she's just odd, but she's not like funny odd. She's no. acerbic and biting and cutting and. She just gets right. She finds out what bugs you about yourself and just sort of picks at it. But she also plays the piano really well, we find out later. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, they talk. He leaves and goes back home. After after the whole ghost sneaky thing, he's like, hey, that was weird. Goodbye. <laughs> like, they, they go back to school. And then he doesn't talk to him again <laughs> for years, yeah. apparently. Until he yeah, comes he, into they're him. They're not friends. They're, yeah. <laughs> and he makes that it's abundantly just, clear. Like he's a, like... They go, they, they bump into each other by accident when Seton's out getting an engagement ring for his fiance. And Seton's like, come to my house. And Withers is like, okay, I guess. And they go back to the house and it's just as awkward as the first time. At least the fiance seemed nice. Yeah, she's a little mousy, but uh, she seems nice. Seton mm-hmm. wants to be around her a lot and they seem to get along and they go for walks and the aunt's like, come here and sit in my room and I'll play piano for you as we stare at them out the window. Yep. And, and there's a lot like, of like okay, philosophical talk. Yeah. Um, and Seton f- like f- flips out. Doesn't, doesn't flip out, but he's like, dude, she is manipulating everything she's saying. She's manipulating you. And Withers is like, bro, bro, bro. Come on, what what are you even talking about? And Seton's like, you'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. Withers is like, mm, okay, whatever you say, man. And then time passes again. Yeah, and he passes the shop that he met Seton at the first time, or the second time, I guess. And is like, oh yeah, that guy that I knew probably is married by now. Oh, how rude. I didn't like send my congratulations. Guess I should go to his house. Yeah, he's like, I never sent him a gift or anything. Also, he never invited me to the wedding, but I guess mm-hmm. I'll go check in on him, see how he's doing. Because there was that whole like, there was that whole weird thing where he was going to be the best man too. Yeah, yeah, he was supposed to be involved in this. Again, Seton says several times like, "You're my only friend. You're the only friend I have." Yeah. And our narrator mm-hmm. Withers is like, "I'm not really this guy's friend at all." Yeah. Um. So uh, he goes to go like talk to the aunt, I guess, to be like, "Where's Arthur?" And she's yeah. like. She's like, I've been evil this whole time, actually. Um, now she seems she, kind of senile. Yeah, because she was already getting up there in age and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he goes and she, he's like, oh, where's, where's Arthur? And she's like, oh, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's there. <laughs> and he's like, what? She's like, well, where's his fiance? Where's his wife? And she's like, oh, she's in Yorkshire. Yeah. And is Arthur there too? Were you friends with my nephew? <laughs> she also confuses him for Seton at one point. She mm-hmm. thinks he's Seton and then she figures out who he is and she gets very angry at him. Yeah. Uh uh long story short Seton's dead. <laughs> yeah. Dead and gone. He died of something. Uh, we don't know we don't know how. Um and our and... our hero feels feels bad about it. He just he feels yeah. bad about it. He's like, Seton is now buried, but I kind of, we kind of all buried him a long time ago. It's really more a story about like that bad feeling you get when you think back on kind of how crappy a person you were to some kid. And then that's it. You're like, it's really like the sort of that, but what if ghosts, what if it was a, but what if it was a scary story? I'm going to be completely honest. I really like this story. I do like this story only, Mm -hmm. but because it's, 
I get it as a weird fiction. It's nothing is explained. You just kind of feel bad <laughs> the whole time. Like, ugh, this is not cool. And there's something weird going on, but I don't know what. I think the aunt murdered Stephen. <laughs> That's my theory. Well, so Lovecraft cited this as one of his favorite stories. And mm-hmm. he says that it contains an element of like, Oh, how does he, how did he put it? Like malicious vampirism or something. And some people have taken that literally and been like, I think Lovecraft saying that he thinks this is a vampire story, but really uh, it's more, I think what he means is that she kind of has just drained all Mm -hmm. of Seton's life force from him. And yeah, I mean, to me, it felt like a story about enmeshment. (laughs) how do you mean like it felt like the aunt and seton were very like in like they were very close not close i don't know how to describe it really but it felt like she was she had latched on to him and the like she was so weirded out by him like having a fiance and like maybe moving on from him that she might have like like it was it's just like it feels like she was are, she was projecting a lot of stuff onto this kid that she had with her and she was already kind of losing her mind and the thought of him leaving kind of like broke her. Right. And Seton thinks that she is surrounded by the ghosts of her victims, her previous victims, and that he's going to be mm-hmm. a victim. He's also convinced that she wants to steal his money because he's going to come into an inheritance when he gets older. This is when he's a kid. And he's convinced that his aunt is keeping him around to inherit that, to steal that money from him. Mm-hmm. So there's also kind of that weird element. You mentioned that, but you know, that doesn't, doesn't it come up that there wasn't ever actually any money? He says later on, he's like, yeah, there was, yeah, we were always just kind of broke. Like, we're just kind of broke. And he's lucky to have found They're this woman who rich. doesn't care. Yeah. Or house poor. House poor. Yeah, that's what it is. Their house, yeah, they, they, they seem like they have money. It's a nice house and everything, but it's run down. All the servants have been fired. Uh, the place is kind of dusty and mm-hmm. it just falls into more and more disrepair until the very end when it's just kind of falling apart. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, some, one of the, one of the analyses I read um, a review of the story mentions that it seems like it's heading in the direction of, of almost Lovecraft's thing on the doorstep where you find out that like Seton's aunt is taking over the boy. Like maybe she's going to put her mm-hmm. mind into his brain, but that doesn't happen. Like nothing like that happens. Uh, which interestingly enough, however, does lead me into, uh, there was this TV series called Shades of Darkness, this British, British horror mm-hmm. anthology series that did an episode based on Seton's aunt called Seton's aunt and it's available yeah it's available on youtube uh just to check it someone uploaded it to youtube and what's fascinating about it it's it's really well done almost all the dialogue is from is like directly from the story it begins in their second meeting it has them running into each other as adults and he Mm -hmm. invites withers back to meet his fiance and then the whole first part is told as flashbacks sort of yeah. woven woven in with the second part to kind of see like how we got here. Interestingly enough though, in the adaptation, 
which some have said and some reviews have said actually in some ways improves on De La Mer's ending, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know if I agree with, but it certainly makes it more dramatic. He goes, he actually runs into Seton the third time and Seton's like, my fiance left me. Will you please come stay at my house? I have something I need to talk to you about. They get there and the aunt is dead in the adaptation. Mm-hmm. And he is terrified that she is now one of the ghosts in the house and he needs Withers to help him figure it out. There's this whole thing with a painting of an eye that the aunt has that mm-hmm. Seton hates because he feels like it, his aunt uses it to watch him. And he's like, every time I take it down now yeah. and I and in the morning it comes back on, it's all back on the wall. I need you to stay up all night with me and help me watch this painting. Well, what ends up happening is Seton ends up uh, Withers falls asleep and then he wakes up he hears something Seton is actually putting the painting back on the wall he's walking in his sl- he's sleepwalking and mm-hmm. Seton is convinced that his aunt is in his head now uh, mm-hmm. and it ends though with the same narration where he's like we uh, we buried Seton long ago and now he's like buried with her and it's and it actually in a way more dramatically plays into the concept of like this this forgotten guy this this poor kid who who we just all gave up on early on and never stood a chance. Uh, uh, it's I actually like a that really ties into my theory of enmeshment. It, it it and it works really well. I I watched the episode. And I was like, oh, this is. I was wondering how they were going to handle this ending, and they they put a little more action into it, and the it helps that the actors are all really good. Um, mm-hmm. This would make like a really interesting play, I think, if you were gonna, because it's only like four characters uh, at any yeah. given time. So you also get to see a scene where the school bullies try to force feed Seton worms. That sucks. They does. He doesn't. I hate eat them, bullying though. scenes in movies and stuff. It just is upsetting They're, to me. But but with, oh, what happens is Withers breaks up the bullying, and mm. and that's what kind of gets Seton on his side, or he him on Seton's side, or it makes Seton like oh. Uh, and we do. There is a great scene though where he's like, "Don't forget, you're coming to my aunt's place this weekend." And he's like, "Oh right, yeah, great, great, yeah, yeah." <laughs> um. But yeah, this is one of those stories that gets that gets written about a lot. It's not as like it's not as obtuse. It's not as dense as as a Henry James story, but it really is about what the narrator is saying more than like the plot. Uh, It's weird. I mean, I guess it is a weird story. (laughs) I can see why this story comes after Nightside. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, think it has anything it, it, to do with with the concept of Nightside? It it really it it feels the way that uh, our main character reacts to the ghosts and stuff feels very similar to Nightside. Um, yeah. The sort of like disdain and whatever for what the secondary main character is like saying and thinking, and then at the very end, when he's like, just the endings feel really similar for some reason. How does Nightside end? Uh, it ends with with uh, him swimming on the mountain with his family and trying to like forget and close off the voices that he's hearing now. Right, right. You can't swim on a mountain. You climb mountains. You swim in the sea. Unless it's an it, underwater it just, it mountain. It feels very. It feels very similar. Yeah, that's sort of like. Well, we've got two POV characters who are mm-hmm. kind of. Is something weird going on or is it all in the heads of 
the victims. Yeah, we ha- and we have Seton who's a victim. Yeah. And then we have that the friend of his, Perry, who is a victim. Uh mm-hmm. kind of manipulation from the other side as well. Like this sort of like, uh, I think I'm being haunted yeah. and it's kind of driving me insane. Except Seton doesn't really go nuts. He just kind of disappears. Uh in a way mm-hmm. it reminds me a little bit of the of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode about the girl who disappears because she's invisible oh, to the, the rest of the girl? school. Yeah. And then she it- stabs Cordelia in the face. <clears throat> or so, yeah. Uh but it, it reminds me kind of of that because just just in the sense that this kid was doomed to fade out anyway, it, to just fade. Like, does he fade away because he's being preyed upon by his aunt or does he fade away or does he feel like he's being preyed upon by his aunt because he's just in the process of disappearing from the world anyway? Uh, again, yeah. not something that terrifies me, but something that does make me go, that's terribly sad. Also, mm. I hope that he and his fiance me... got some good kisses in. I hope so too. Oh. Where is the story that it? <laughs> I hope he got. Of? I hope he got some kisses because he deserved a few. Yeah. What story was it? <laughs> I do sorry, love. I'm really distracted. I know. I love your attempt to engage in conversation while you're also trying to find something in that book. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm talking about the poor boy getting sweet kisses, and you're like, yep. uh huh. Uh huh. Sweet kisses. Yes. Yes, father. Yes, was I it, agree. Was it my dear Emily? Or was it? A, no, it was. Which one? I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's the story about uh, she, like the woman who thought she was the reincarnation of someone uh, after being, like, and she was horribly abused by her father. Um, yeah. And she dies was that my end. sweet Emily? That might have, uh, my dear Emily, maybe 50. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. These story. The more you describe the plots of these stories, the more I realize how brilliantly thematically similar they all are. Just because I was like, oh, wait, is that the one? Oh, no, that's Shalkin the painter. I'm like, I'm sitting here like, oh, God, there's just there's so many reverberations throughout time through these stories. It's almost my, as if my dear Emily's the vampire, the lesbian vampires. <laughs> The lesbian, a rose van- for of course. A, ro- a rose for Emily is about the old woman who dies, uh, right. and they find the dead body of her former suitor in bed next to her, or in the it was bed. After in the, the bed where wallpaper, she was sleeping, wasn't it? After the yellow wallpaper, was it how love came to Professor Gildia? Maybe, could be. Is that the one with the parrot? Uh, that might be it. I don't remember. I'm so upset now. <laughs> is it the one with the stone baby? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Within the walls of Tyre, ladies and gentlemen, Willow and I are 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 we are devoted analysts of horror. However, sometimes it's hard for us with the brains we have, the brains I genetically gave to my child. Three days. Uh, what? It's three days because she dies three days before the before uh, they think that they die three days before. That's what it is. Three days. That's the one three where you watch Tana the videotape. You get a call on the phone that says three days and then a girl climbs out of a well and you die. That's the no, one. No, uh... It reminds me of three days uh, when, like, with the the sort of relationship that's shared between uh, uh, Arthur and the aunt and uh, whatever her name was and the abusive father. You can't just stop talking. It's so unfair I... that you just stop talking <laughs> well, cause, and look cause, down. Well, cause, sorry, because the uh, it it's a very similar dynamic where there's this like poor like upset kid who. Mm-hmm is just constantly verbally abused by this older woman and you think at the end or you think in the middle that like things are looking up for him and then he dies 
And then he dies. And it's it's just a very similar like story progression, and the vibes are very similar in my opinion. Exactly, I totally agree. Uh, the vibes are very similar. Uh, who wrote Three Days? Uh, Tanith Lee. Tanith Lee, that's right. Okay, okay. Yep, yep. Uh, seems like forever ago, uh, but it was just a few weeks back. Uh, three days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's that's Seaton's Aunt by Walter de la Mer. Uh, w- strange story. Strange little tale. Uh, any final yeah. thoughts on it? I like the changeling. Don't really see how it's scary. <laughs> Okay. I just don't, I guess. I I didn't really get the vibes that the ghosts were real. Um, I think they were all just in this poor guy's head because of all of the stuff he had to deal with. Uh-huh. Um, these two kids are incredibly well-spoken. They are truly yep. British boys. I think truly he is less British well-spoken boys. as an adult, actually, because uh, he says ain't once as an adult, and I don't think he would ever have said that as a child. But I think that's a British ain't, which is like, oh, ain't. I have no that's idea. All I have, that's all I it's have a to weird, say. It's a weird story. It's well done. It's well written. It's. I think it does what it's supposed to do. I just don't find it scary. Well, maybe you'll find the next one scary. What is the next story, Willow, in a fabulous, formless darkness? Clara Militic by Ivan Turgenev. <laughs> Ivan Turgenev, a uh, Russian writer, Turgenev, Ru- Russian here. playwright, uh, author of the play A Month in the Country that I was in a production of in high school. We did a study of A Month in the Country. Strange play in that it was never, wasn't allowed to be produced until after Anton Chekhov made like that kind of play popular and then they produced it. Long story about A Month in the Country. Uh, Ivan, Ivan Turgenev, uh, yeah, a Russian. This is this is another novella. Yeah, a Russian uh, supernatural thriller horror story. Never read it. Uh, I'm excited. We've not had a lot of non-Western stories so far. And yeah, and we've got some long ones coming up. So yeah, we do. Get get yeah, ready, everybody. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, some long, but some good ones. Repair of Reputations, one of yeah. my favorite short stories. Uh, uh, the Willows, one of my favorites. So get get ready, uh, ladies and jam- germs. Uh, but first, Clara Milich by Ivan Turgenev. Uh, we'll be talking Russians. We'll be talking storytelling. We'll be talking the Moscow Art Theater. <laughs> Uh, next time on It's Del Toro. It's Del Toro time. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would never <laughs> just sneak up on you like that. Uh, do you have any news I for was... our? Do you have any news for our listeners? News. Anything? Um, anything interesting no. happening? Uh-uh. Uh, no, not not really. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything going on. Uh, just just vibing. I have a new <laughs> game starting tonight. Ooh. Uh, in in the Lancer system. Wrote a short story for that uh for my character stuff so that's fun been doing some writing i guess uh great that's the update of my life <laughs> i got still doing deep in bear country still coming out uh pizza toast has started back up again we just did our coverage of a ballad of songbirds and snakes uh the movie uh and we will be diving into get ready for some horror ladies and gentlemen if you're interested Tune into Pizza Toast as we will be covering the entirety, books and films and others of the 
Twilight Saga. That's right. Vampires, ladies and gentlemen. Vampires. Here they come. I feel bad for you. Here they come. I feel bad. <laughs> We're going to be discussing it as... I tried to read those books when I was in the, like, age range for them, and I couldn't... Listen, we're going to be discussing it as a pop cultural phenomenon. We're going to be discussing it, its influences, how it changed publishing, how it changed the, the way films are made, how it changed the careers of its stars. Uh, we're going to be taking a deep dive into all things Twilight, approaching it from a neutral perspective. A totally fair and neutral perspective. <laughs> That's all I have to say. If you want a totally unfair and unneutral perspective, just have me on as a guest. If I wanted an unfair, unneutral perspective, <laughs> I'd look at 99% of all commentary yeah. on it. Um, but no, so that's on Pizza Toast. Tune in or drop dead. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, Don't do that. <laughs> otherwise, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. I am Phil. And I'm Willow. And we'll see you when... It's Del Toro. It's Del Toro time. Right. <laughs> <laughs>